Hey, my name is Phil and this is my wife Meredith and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. We've been in a series for a few weeks now. This comes from Ephesians chapter six. And we've been in this series talking about the armor of God. This is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus in, uh, in the book of Ephesians. This is what Paul is writing. And we've been talking about our posture. We've been talking about our foundations. And I've just been loving these messages about the armor of God. That we, have you been loving it as well? talking about the armor of God. And, and what I find that's interesting about this is when we look at the context of what's taking place as Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, what we know is that Paul was imprisoned. And he was in prison. He, he was either in prison or he was under house arrest. And he was likely chained to a guard. He was chained to a soldier as he was in Rome writing this letter to the church in Ephesus. He was chained to a soldier that was wearing armor as he was writing about armor. And, and the text doesn't say this, but what I like to do when I'm reading through the Bible is just to have my own conversations about what might have been happening. And when I think about what might have caused Paul to write this message to the church in Ephesus, what I think about is potentially that this armored guard was making fun of Paul, that he was bullying Paul, like, you think that you're so great, but you're bound in prison right now, and you've got no freedom, and you've got no protection, you've got no armor like I do. And then Paul starts writing this letter to the church in Ephesus. And you know how sometimes you have a conversation with somebody, but really you're having a conversation with somebody else? I don't know if you do this regularly. I do this all the time at home. It's a terrible form of communication. But what I do is when I'm annoyed at Meredith about something, what I do is I talk to the boys about it. And it's terrible. I don't recommend it because it's not effective and it's passive aggressive, but it makes me feel better in the moment, so that's why I do it. And I know that it irritates her, so I do it even more. But so I say to the boys, hey, I just love how we keep a clean house. And I love how you pick up your shoes. I love how we don't leave, I make sure that she's in earshot, but I say to the boys, I love how you don't leave your shoes laying around the house, boys. And I love that when you're drinking your coffee and when you're finished with your coffee, that you take your coffee mug back to the kitchen and you put it in the, boys, I love it how you clean up your coffee mugs, that you don't leave them in the bathroom like there's four coffee mugs in our bathroom this morning that are growing mold inside them. It's nasty. Church, I love that we are a church that does not leave coffee mugs laying around our house. And so I have a conversation with the boys, but I'm really speaking to my wife. And I think this is what Paul is doing as he's writing to the church in Ephesus. He's looking at this guard and he's saying, yeah, you have a helmet that's made out of metal, but, but I have a helmet that's made of salvation. 
and you have a sword that's made out of metal, but I have a sword of the Spirit. And he's, and he's seeing something with his natural eyes in front of him, but God is speaking to him with his spiritual eyes. And so he's having this conversation that's going on. He's seeing one thing and being told another thing by God. And, and I love it because that's where we find ourselves in Ephesians chapter 6, is that Paul has just told the church in Ephesus to put on the full armor of God, not just to put on part of it, but to put on the full armor of God. And then he says, while the, the soldier might have all of this armor, he puts it on and he takes it off. And this is not armor that I take off. And the, the undergirding of all this armor that the Spirit of God has given me is prayer. Prayer is what binds it all together. And this is where, I find, where we find ourselves in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. And this is our core text for today. It says this. I want, I'm reading from the ESV if you wanted to know. It says, praying at all times. And I want you to count how many alls you see in just in this verse alone, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, all. And he says in verse 19, pray also for me that I would be released from prison, that these guards would leave me alone that my conviction would be overturned. He doesn't say none of that. He says, pray also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. He doesn't pray that his situation would change. He doesn't change. He doesn't pray for a different circumstance that he finds himself in. He prays that God would do something in him. And the question that I want to ask you first today is, when was the last time that you asked God to change you versus, God, please change the situation that I'm in? Paul doesn't pray for his situation to change. He knows that when he is fully wrapped in the armor of God, it doesn't matter whether he's shipwrecked. It doesn't matter whether he finds himself in prison. It doesn't matter whether he is free. He knows that he has contentment wherever he is because he is wrapped in the armor of God and he is strengthened by the Holy Spirit. He is praying at all times, all times, with all prayer, with all perseverance for all the saints. And, uh, and this, is what I, this is what I'm praying for today, that God would give me the boldness to preach the mystery of the gospel. Not that my situation would change, but that we would be able to understand the mystery of the gospel today. Let's pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. It's weird, right? Because you expected me to say something. You thought that I was going to say something because I said, let's pray. But how many know that a healthy conversation is speaking and listening? Prayer is both speaking to God and listening to God. But when we pray, Nine times out of 10, we go to speak to God and we refuse to listen to God. And if all you're doing in prayer is speaking to God, then you're missing half of the conversation. 
We don't get to all prayer if all we're doing is speaking to God. All prayer means that we are speaking to God, yes, that we are also listening to God. All prayer means that we are going to God in different environments and at different times. All prayer, I wanna ask, does anybody pray all the time? All the time, like who prays all the time? Tell the truth, I see some hands around the sanctuary. You liars, you don't pray all the time. All the time? You pray all the time? Maybe you do. My wife is one of these people that prays all the time. And it's awesome. It's one of the first things that attracted me to, me to my wife is her praying all the time, her pursuing the things of God, her wanting to be in the presence of God all the time. I remember the first time that she prayed, I got weak in the knees. And I, and I just, I loved it. I, I loved the way that she prayed. I loved the way that she pursued the things of God. It was one of the first things that drew me to her as a person. And I just wanna say to you today, if you're single and looking, don't make your first priority how physically attractive somebody is. Don't make your first priority the personality that somebody has. Don't make your first priority just uh, how someone is pursuing a career. Don't make those things your first priority. When you find somebody that can pray you through a season, there you have found a good thing. Find somebody who, who loves to pray. Find somebody who wants to be in the presence of God. And so I found that in my wife. I found a woman who loves how to pray. And she loves to spend hours and hours and hours in the presence of God. But me? Like, just honestly, I struggle with that. I don't know if you do. I don't know if you struggle with that. I don't know if when you go to, to pray, you also get distracted. I don't know if when you go to pray, you also start thinking about people that you could be speaking with, or you also start thinking about um, things that you need to do or things that are broken that need to be fixed. If you start thinking about all of these different kind of things, just like I do. And so when I read this scripture that we should be praying at all times, I start thinking, how am I meant to pray at all times, right? And so when you look at the scripture a little bit deeper, always doesn't mean at all times. What it means in, is in all seasons. Be praying in all seasons. It doesn't mean pray always because you're still allowed to sleep and you're still allowed to go to work and you're still allowed to have conversations with people, right? It doesn't mean that you have to be speaking to God all the time and that you're never allowed to have time to speak to people, right? And when you, I don't know if you know these people, but I know people that only spend time in the presence of God and never spend time with people, and they are weird people because they're only spending time with God and the Holy Spirit, and they're never spending time in relationship with people. Don't be weird like those people. Right? We can be praying in all seasons. Part of how we get to all prayer is that we pray in the spirit and we pray at different times and we pray in the mornings and we pray in the evenings and we pray when we're driving and we pray when we are speaking out loud and we pray when we are listening to God. That's how we get to all prayer. Prayer doesn't look the same way for me today like it did yesterday. And so sometimes I go to a place of prayer, but I don't always go to a place of prayer. I go to different places of prayer because I want to interact with a big God. And so sometimes I pray on Tuesday mornings when we gather together in the upper room up here and it's been awesome and I'm loving this time of prayer that we've been having on Tuesday mornings. I love praying together as our corporate family, but that is not all prayer for me. And if all you're doing is just praying in your car by yourself, and if all you're doing is just speaking to God, 
You're missing out on what all prayer can look like. All prayer means different things. All prayer means that you are praying in the Spirit. And so when people ask me, do you pray every day? The answer is yes. I don't always go to a place of prayer, but I am praying every day because all prayer looks different. It is diverse in how I experience my God. And, uh, and, and it's important to me that we understand this idea that, that prayer is not the armor of God. Prayer is the undergirding of the armor of God. Sometimes when we think about prayer, it's like it's, it's like it's the armor that we put on and the armor that we take off. But prayer is not something that we do and we don't do, right? Because what that says is that when we pray, we are connecting to a God who is out there. God is not out there. God is in here. When you have received Christ, he has entered into you. And so now we are not praying to a God who is out there trying to call a God who is out there. We are now praying to a God who is on the inside of you. You are tapping into that innermost being within you, the presence of God that is on the inside of you. And I I remember learning this years ago, like I was taught wrong theology when I was young and in high school and and at youth camps. When we would gather together in these small groups to pray, the first person that was gonna pray would be the person that would be ringing God or the person that would dial God. I don't know if you ever did this or if this was just some dumb Australian thing that we did. The first person that would pray would be the person that would ring God and then the last person that would pray would be the person that would hang up. I don't know if you ever did this, right? The danger in that is that when you hang up, you are ending the conversation. When you are hanging up, you are disconnecting from God. When God is in me, I cannot disconnect from him. I can be more aware of him or less aware of him, but I don't disconnect from God. And so when I pray, I'm not calling on some God who is far off in heaven. I am tapping into the God that is, is, is in existence on the inside of me. And so I just wanna remind you of that today, that when you pray, you're not praying to a God who is off in the distance. You are not praying to a God who doesn't connect with you. You are praying to a God who is on the inside of you. And I love praying in different places and at different times. I love our Tuesday morning prayers because when we gather together, it is solely in pursuit of God. No one else has anything else going on at 6.30 on Tuesday mornings, but we gather for the presence of God and that alone. And I love praying with Africans and Mexicans and Puerto Ricans and Australians and Americans and, and older saints and younger saints and people that have been walking with God for a long time and people that are brand new to the faith. I love it because it is a diversity of who we are that is expressing our worship to him. And when we pray, we pray in the spirit. And what that means is not just that we pray in tongues. Sometimes when we say that we are praying in the spirit, we say that we are praying in tongues and that is a part of it, or it could look like that, but that is not all that it is. Sometimes when we say that we're gonna pray in the spirit, we all start praying in tongues. And that's good, but that is not the only definition. That is not the only example of what praying in the spirit looks like. Praying in the spirit is when we are being led by the spirit when we are praying what God has given us to pray, when we are praying in the guidance of what the Holy Spirit has given us to speak about, what the Holy Spirit has given us to pray about, that is what prayer in the Spirit is. When it's not just me separate from God, but when I'm with the Spirit and He is giving me the utterance of what to pray. That is prayer in the Spirit. 
And because prayer is not this armor that I put on, it's not this armor that I take off, it's not something that I do and don't do, prayer is constantly a part of my life. When I'm sitting and I'm thinking about things, I'm not just thinking by myself, I'm thinking with the one who has created the heavens and the universe. I am thinking about what God would do in this situation. I am listening to God in every situation. When you find me still at my desk, when you find me walking by myself in the street, I'm actually speaking and listening to what God is saying. This is what all prayer looks like at all times. This is how we get to all. You cannot get to all by yourself. You cannot get to prayer to all when you have a limited view and understanding of what all looks like. And I want to challenge you today, if, you're only, if your prayer life only looks like this, what else are you missing out on? How else can you get to all? What is missing in your life that is stopping you from entering into all prayer at all times with all perseverance for all the saints? How are you not praying all what is missing in your life that is stopping you from getting to all? A statistic came out just a few weeks ago, and, uh, and it says that people who are mentored in prayer are five times more likely to be resilient in their faith. When you are mentored in prayer, you are five times as likely to be resilient in your faith. What that means is that when there's someone who is showing you how to pray, when there is someone who is guiding you in prayer, when there's someone who is giving you feedback, when there is someone who is showing you how to pray, you are five times as likely to be resilient in your faith. What that means is that you're not going to deviate from your journey with Christ. You're not going to abandon your faith because you are resilient in your faith, because you have been mentored in your prayer life. When you are resilient in your faith, you can stand against the storm. When you are resilient in your faith, you know how to overcome any battle because you have been mentored in how to pray. And that's what we do on Tuesday mornings. That's what we do at different times throughout the week. That's what we do in our life groups. That's what we do here. This is, prayer is not something that's new for us as a church family. This church was founded on prayer. This is a house of prayer. Our house has been called to pray, and we've been praying for decades together. Whether you joined last week or whether you joined 30 years ago, this is a house that knows how to pray because we have been mentored in how to pray. And so our prayers should be loud and our prayers should be quiet and our prayers should look different at different times. We should have prayers of thanksgiving. We should have prayers of supplication. Supplication just means that you're willing to ask God more than one time. That you pray and you ask God and you ask God and you ask, not like you're begging because we don't beg to a good father, but supplication means that you care enough about something that you're willing to ask God for that thing again. Like if Meredith were ever to get sick or one of my boys were ever to get sick, I would not just ask God to heal them one time. I'm going to pray and pray and pray until I see healing become their manifestation because I care enough about it. That is supplication when I'm going to God and asking him again and again and again. And that's what Abraham did when he was speaking with the angels and they were looking out over Sodom and Gomorrah and they were getting ready to destroy the cities and Abraham said, well, if you just found 50 people 
Would you not destroy it? And they said, okay, for 50 people, we won't destroy these cities. And he said, well, if we just found 45 good people, would we not destroy it? And they said, okay, fine. What about just 40 people, would you not destroy it? Okay, fine, for four. What about for 35 people, will you not destroy it? And so he asked again and again and again because he cared about those people. This is supplication when we care enough to keep on asking again and again and again. And so this is how we get to all. This is how we get to all, praying at all times in all prayer with all perseverance for all the saints. This is how we get to all, by praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Maybe this is something that you're not familiar with. Maybe this is something that you're not comfortable with. Maybe this is something that you don't know nothing about. You are in the right place. Because... Because I had an experience years ago. Like, I, I grew up in a church that said that we believed in the things of God. We said that we believed that God was still active and that God was still moving and that God was still alive and that God would, could still be experienced. But that's not really how we acted. And so when I would see people around me, I would see people that, that believed that, that God was active and moving in the Bible but now we, the rest of our life was living like the physical aftermath of the, of the spiritual manifestation that took place years ago. No one would have said it that way. I would have never told you that, but that's essentially how we lived. Like, I know that all the spiritual stuff can exist, and it did exist back then, but it doesn't exist for me today. And God cannot move through me, and God does not move through me, and that everything that God did was separate to me. I wouldn't have told you that, but that's what I believed growing up. And then several years ago when I was in college, I was sharing the story with some people the other day. Several years ago when I was in college, I had this experience. I was in church and the person that was pastoring, the person that was, was ministering in that moment said, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, then I want you to come down the front. And I was like, I got nothing better to do. I might as well come down the front today. I didn't know what it meant, but I thought I'm gonna get filled with the Holy Spirit today. And so I came down the front, not really knowing what was gonna happen. And then several people were lined up on a platform just like this. We were all lined up on the floor and we had come down for this altar ministry. And then the person that was preaching came down and he put his hands on me. And like, I always believed that God existed. I had always logicked my way into faith. I had always understood that the creation of nature couldn't have happened by itself. I didn't have enough faith for that. So I always believed in God, but I never lived like he was there. And then the moment that this person put his hands on me, my body began to shake violently, like electricity was flowing through my veins, and I couldn't explain it, and I had no idea what was happening, and it was weird because I couldn't control my body at all. I was just shaking and flailing about when he put his hand on me. It was honestly like I just received an electrical shock that didn't stop. And as soon as he took his hands off me, he went down the line and he prayed for other people, and as soon as he took his hands off, my body stopped shaking. But when he came back down the line and put his hand on me again, my body started shaking again like this. And it was the first time that I had ever experienced something that I could not explain. It was the first time that I had experienced something that I didn't understand or didn't know what to do with. And, and I went back to my seat and the friends that I was sitting with refused to make eye contact with me. <laughs> and they were like, yo, that was so weird. I don't know what just happened. 
I don't wanna make eye contact with you because I feel like if I look at you, I'm gonna turn into a pillar of salt or something like that. And I was like, yo, I know that that was weird. I wasn't trying to do it. My body was just out of control. And it was in that moment that I felt the infilling of the Holy Spirit like I had never experienced it before. It was the first time that I felt and encountered and experienced God for myself. I felt the fire of the Holy Spirit come on the inside of me. And the good news is that that experience for me is not just for me. That experience can be yours today as well. And if you've never experienced the Holy Spirit before, today is your day. We're gonna have a time of altar ministry in just a few minutes. And if you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, today is your day. Today is your day. If you've been living like God does exist but never experiencing him for yourself like I did earlier in life, today is your day. And I wanna be really clear about this because because praying in tongues does not mean that you are saved. Some of us are like, we have to have the evidence of praying in tongues and speaking in tongues in order for us to be saved. Salvation happens when I repent from my sins and I receive Christ into my life. That is when my eternity becomes secure. And then there is a moment that takes place when I get water baptized. And that is an outward declaration of the inward change that has been taking place. That's the people that got, I was looking down here because they got baptized last week, but that's what happened when people got baptized recently, right? There's an outward declaration where you're telling everybody, God has been doing something on the inside of me, and I wanna tell everybody about it. That's what water baptism is about. That means that you have been made new. You are a new creation. And so you receive salvation and you get water baptized. And there's also something that takes place when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And not just the, on the one-off time that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, because a, an accurate translation will say not that you get filled with the Holy Spirit, that you are be being filled. It's not something that happens one time. It's something that should happen again and again and again. It's not just one thing that happened years ago. We should constantly be filled because we are constantly connected to the vine of Jesus. We are constantly connected to our God, and so we are always being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're getting ready to experience today praying in the Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. You might not be familiar with it. You might not be comfortable with it. You maybe have never heard of it before. But what happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit is that where things that used to be difficult start becoming easy. Addictions that used to hold you now release you and drop their chains and you walk in freedom where you didn't used to be able to prophesy, now you can prophesy. Where you didn't used to have dreams, now you have dreams. Where you didn't used to talk in wisdom, now you talk in wisdom. Where you didn't, you didn't used to have the ability to talk with words of knowledge, where you know things about people, you now have that ability. We all have different gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're able to function in these different ways when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And there are many of us in life that live our life like it doesn't matter, like we don't need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Like we can succeed in life if we just 
function in our own success. If we find our own success in our own strength, if we find our own success in our own abilities, our own education, our own knowledge, our own influence, our own authority, like we can win at life in our own sphere of influence. And that would be true if life was only a physical thing. But what we read about in, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, this is earlier, right before the scripture of the whole armor of God. What we read about in Ephesians 6, chapter 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in these heavenly places. Life is not all about what you can see. There are also things that are going on that you cannot see. We don't just wrestle against the things that you can see. We don't just wrestle against the things that you are going to experience later today that you can see. There are things going on that we cannot see. And because there are things going on that we cannot see, you need the whole armor of God. You need to wrap yourself in prayer. You need to wrap yourself in prayer of the Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he is available to you today. Salvation should not be your end game. The goal of life is not to get saved and then nothing else until you die. Salvation is the beginning of your journey with Christ. We get saved and we get filled with the Holy Spirit and then we can live our life fully empowered by the Holy Spirit. And maybe this is not the experience that you had growing up. Maybe you didn't know nothing about that. Maybe you thought that the whole goal in life was just to get saved. That's just the start. And there is so much more available to you when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we're getting ready to worship Again, we're getting ready to experience God in music. We're getting ready to see people that are filled with the Holy Spirit today. And if this is you, then this is your moment. I'm gonna ask in just a moment while we're worshiping for the leaders of our church in different ways on staff and intercessors and team leaders and, and life group leaders to come down the front and to be ready to receive people, to pray, and to lay hands on people that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what we're getting ready to do. And if, if this is your moment, if you feel like God has been speaking to you in these moments where you are curious enough about this, that you want to experience this kind of power, if you want to experience this kind of authority, if you want to experience this kind of thing on the inside of you, this is your moment to respond. This is your moment to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But what I wanna tell you today is not to take this lightly. Because what I have observed time and time again is that when we go deeper into the things of God, the enemy places a larger target on your back. The rate at which you pursue God is proportional to the size of the target that the enemy puts on your back. And so if you're cool not being attacked by God, you probably shouldn't come down the front, attacked by the devil, then you shouldn't come down the front today. Because I'm telling you, when you go deeper into the things of God, your stuff starts playing up. Your relationships start getting a little weird. 
I remember several years ago when I wanted to start being more generous than just giving on a Sunday morning, but living a life of generosity. Honestly, within the next year, our car broke down, our washing machine broke down, our dryer broke down, our furnace broke down, our, our basement flooded. All of these things happened within a year because we had made a decision to be more generous. And I remember saying to the devil after all of that, that you can take my stuff, but you cannot take this spirit of generosity that God has given me. And I'm gonna be generous in spite of it all. You can take my stuff, but you cannot take my joy. And I was with a friend last week as they had a significant moment in the life of their church. I, I wanted to be there in support of what they, were, what they were doing. And so I went and spoke with him before their service and I encouraged him and, and he said, yeah, thanks man. I feel like we're doing something good because the devil has been at work against me because, because my wife has been sick and then my kids have been sick one after the next after the next. Because when you enter into the things of God, when you go deeper in relationship with him, your stuff starts playing around. And what I wanna encourage you in is that you have the resilience to be able to stand, that when the devil comes after your stuff, when he comes after your health, when he comes after your loved ones, it means that you're a threat to the enemy. It means that there is something that God has given you of significance to do. It means that there is no, nothing that the devil can do that is going to change what God has for you. Keep standing. Keep standing in what God has given you to do. Keep standing. It doesn't matter what the enemy is trying to do against you. Keep standing and have resilience in your faith. So let's all stand. We're gonna step into this time of worship. And those that are leaders of this house, I want you to come down and get ready to receive people for prayer today. We're all gonna worship. And if you're ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit, then find somebody here today to receive prayer and to receive the infilling, to receive the impartation of the Holy Spirit in this place today. Amen? Let's all worship.